When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from Liverpool, the Dark Paranormal, Season 14. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Dark Paranormal Season 14. It seems like a true age since I've last spoken to you and I cannot wait to dive into this season's paranormal true experiences. And we're going to start as we mean to go on today on Episode 1. We have one hell of a listener experience. Universities can be one of those places which is seen as a transformational centre. The youth enters, the adult leaves. But as we hear today, the excitement of those new social activities, the adventures of meeting new people and growing as a person, can all be replaced by something much more nefarious. However, before we go into today's true paranormal experiences, two quick things to mention. Firstly, forgive my voice, I'm coming off the back of a very bad cold. And two, a huge thank you to each and every one of you for your support since the very inception of the show. This show does not work without your submissions, and we've received a plethora for season 14. And I guarantee there are some amazing tales to be told. But as ever... We always reserve one or two spaces for some of the last-minute people and experiences that we receive during the season. So, if you've been sat on an experience that you believe would be a good fit for the Dark Paranormal, then please email contact at thedarkparanormal.com. And finally, we need to give a big thank you to the team that make all of this possible. I'm talking, of course, about our wonderful paranormal community over on Patreon. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I've been members of Patreon forums, etc. to do with the paranormal. I'm not just a host, I'm a fan of the entire genre. And from absolute experience, I can solidly and safely say our paranormal community on Patreon is one of the most supportive ones out there. There are no proclaimed experts on there. Everyone is just there to both support each other and enjoy the paranormal. By joining our community, not only do you receive both these shows and the minisodes ad-free and before everyone else, but you can also receive access to the Patreon-only podcast, Dark Bites, where every week, every single Sunday of the year, we take a look at some of the shorter experiences that have been submitted for the Dark Paranormal. 
And you may well think, well, we now have minisodes, so I don't see the point. The stories on Dark Bites remain on Dark Bites. They will never be heard on the main feed. Plus, there's well over 50 hours worth of unheard content over on Dark Bites. We truly have built a wonderful community over there and we'd love to extend an exclusive invitation just for you. So why not treat yourself in the new year? Head over to patreon.com forward slash the dark paranormal. Just like the following wonderful new team members have Teddy Mawafa, Antoinette Sperato, Nicole Kalari, Ben Waters, Alyssa, Amy Leather, Marissa M, Dee, Melinda Lynn, Pascal Quintero, Laura Gunn, Lauren Crummy, Paddy Barco, Katie, Laura Snyder, Christy Verna, V. Foxley, Crystal Tongai, Brad Howard, Danita Kelly, JY Cure, Jody, Maddie McGee, Sean Wheel, Victoria Panico, Hannah Boz, Leslie Horniak, Lucy, Sarah Ross, Harold Taylor, Alex Ferguson, Paul Z, Katie Morford, Irish Wristwatch, Kiani Larranger, Katie Nifton, Fellow Scouser, Andreas Frangos, Would You, Cosmic Cat, Ruth Milliken, Amy Marge, Chandler, Pam McDonald, Mary Malcolm Sanders, and Bobby Thompson. Thank you so much, guys. Your support truly means the world. And I hope you enjoy all the early ad-free releases and, of course, those Dark Bites episodes. Now, I appreciate what I'm about to say will take me over the thing I'm about to say, but I just want to very quickly, in episode one of season 14, state that a lot of people have got in touch to say, must you put the Patreon names at the start? And quite simply, yes, because I truly am thankful and I want them to hear their name at the start of the show. I'm aware there are other shows out there who claim to jump right into stories and get right into the product, but then will three or four times throughout try and sell you some merch from their store. Now, we don't do that. So going forward, we're going to keep our intro, including Patreon thank yous, under five minutes. So, therefore... Obviously, this episode excluded because of this sentence, but if you skip forward for any future episodes to the five-minute mark, you can go right in to that paranormal experience. And other than the scheduled midpoint advert, which we have in every podcast, there will be no other plugging from me about any sort of merch or things like that, so you can just enjoy the experience. Okay? So remember, five minutes in, and you're good to go. So, with all that out of the way, it only leaves me to say one sentence. And I've waited literally since last year to say this sentence. Pardon the awful joke. However, please do lower the lights, make yourself comfortable, and of course, leave your disbelief at the door as we hear all about an education of darkness. Hi, Kevin. Hearing other people's stories and having the smallest of details mirror what I have experienced has not only given me chills, but has also made me rethink what this thing may have been. I don't mind my name being out there, as I'm fairly open about this experience with anyone who asks. Same with the location. However, other people within this experience are either unnamed or their names have been changed for privacy. My name is Sydney, 
and my true paranormal experience started on my first night at university. I grew up in an extremely religious home. For example, we couldn't listen to non-Christian music. We went to church every week at least once, and we said grace before every meal. Even as a young child, I remember feeling uneasy about the whole God thing. Perhaps it was because my stepfather, the most religious of us all, was in my mind a hypocrite. Oh, he would volunteer at church several nights a week, and he was the main driving factor to our sheltered upbringing. But he was not a nice man. On the outside, he appeared to be the perfect Christian father. But behind closed doors, he was a truly evil man. My sisters and I suffered abuse in every sense of the word. Do with that what you will, it's not the focus of this tale. And if it makes your listeners feel any better, we did get our justice. All of that is to say I turned away from Christianity at a young age, and I started to branch out to other beliefs, pagan, spiritual-based. I read every book I could get my hands on, thanks to some sweet librarians who knew I needed something to escape what was going on at home. I also knew from a young age that I wanted to move as far away from home as I possibly could, to escape or explore or both. When it was time for college, I was all set for Northern California, Humboldt State. Being from Washington State, it was a solid 20-hour drive, and I decided that was far enough. I even sent them a non-refundable fee of $200 for housing. I'd had my heart set on that school for the last two years. And that's why it was shocking to me, and also my mother, when I randomly opened an email from Hawaii Pacific University, and I decided to apply. Even now, I don't really know why. I was so excited to go to Humboldt. But I did. And they offered me a better scholarship. Now, being frugal and also not well off, it seemed the decision was made itself that I would go to Hawaii. They had the same degree I wanted, and I would be even further away. So the deal was sealed. I signed up for housing once again and was delighted to see that I, out of the look of the draw, had a room to myself. You see, this university had two locations for housing. Firstly, the old housing in Kanahoe. That was a three-story brick building in the middle of a very heavily forested area and the other was a brand new construction in downtown Honolulu, with lofts and walkable access to restaurants. Well, you can guess where most of the students wanted to stay. Fine by me, 
I love the forested area. It was both cheaper and breathtakingly beautiful. I've always been interested in history, and so moving from Washington State to Hawaii, I felt I should brush up on my history before arriving. American schools brush over the so-called annexation of Hawaii. And if you're unaware, you really should read into it. I felt that to be respectful as a temporary inhabitant of the islands, I should at least know their history, pre- and post-Western intervention. In my search, I came upon the Battle of Nu'uanu. At the end of the battle, King Kameyemaha I forced the Oahu warrior off the sheer cliff face. This location, now known as the Pali Lookout, was directly across the highway from my new campus. I didn't recognise this proximity until some friends and I hiked up the closed highway from our campus to the lookout on the third day of university. The first five days upon arriving at the university, we didn't have any classes. Instead, we were supposed to have an orientation. That started the first full day after the remainder of the freshman class had arrived. The day of arrival was pretty chill, mostly consisting of students finding their dorms, gathering packages and luggage, and setting up their rooms. As previously mentioned, I was not assigned a roommate, but I did have suite mates. You see, each building had three levels, with a staircase running up the centre of the building. Going upstairs, you'd be greeted by the open plan of the second and third floors. The second floor did not have a ceiling, but resembled an atrium with a small couch, table, chairs, with a huge mural on the back wall. If you go up to the third floor, there was a railing to keep you from falling to the second floor and a walkway from the stairs leading to both sides of the floor. Most rooms had two people, so each suite would include four people, two per room joined by their bathroom. My bathroom was the second to the left, room 302. My suite only had three people, myself and the two girls who lived in the room across from our bathroom. We got on okay to begin with, and we went our separate ways to set our stuff up. A few hours later, and most of the parents and my mum had either left for their hotel rooms or left the island completely, as there was a hurricane predicted to hit. So a few hours goes by, and there's a knock on my door. I answered it, and there's a young woman. Another student who says that some of them are playing cards and wondered if I'd like to join. Well, I decided it would be good socially to go places when I'm asked, and so I stepped out of my room to join them. Once again, the view, once my door was open, was clear all the way to the other rooms on the other side of the floor and down to the second floor. I could see them all sitting and playing cards, and we all got to know each other a bit and eventually headed back to our own rooms. Tired from travelling and moving all my things up three flights of stairs, 
I went to sleep pretty early. I remember falling asleep very easily. What with my mind racing with thoughts of this new place, new adventures. And then I was rudely interrupted by three very loud, very hurried knocks on my door. It was exceptionally dark in my room, so I checked my phone for the time. 3 a.m. exactly. I thought it must be some of the other students checking to see if anyone wanted to hang out or even just someone playing a prank. I was kind of irritated to be woken like that, so I decided to tell the person to go away and that I wanted sleep. I got out of bed, unlocked the door and swung it open, only for no one to be there. Even better, the whole third and second floor were dark and quiet. I stepped into the hallway and asked, Hello, in an annoyed tone, still expecting it to be the boys across the hall, or maybe my sweetmates playing a joke. But as I walked into the hall, the motion lights came on, illuminating the third floor, and allowing me to see into the dimly lit second floor, where everyone's doors were clearly closed. Weird, I think to myself, and I go back to my room and fall asleep, thinking it's just a new place, there are new places that have sounds, but still, it made me feel slightly uneasy that the lights did not turn on until I exited my room. If someone had knocked on my door, how did they avoid setting off the lights. Next morning at breakfast, I casually asked everyone what time they'd gone to sleep. But everyone had also gone to sleep fairly early, or just watched shows on their laptops in bed. Later the second day, we had a bit of an orientation, before the whole thing was cancelled due to the incoming hurricane so we were all sent back to our dorms to wait it out. Except, freshmen in a new place, recently free of their parents, well, they're not good at being responsible. So a group of us decided, since the highway was closed, we should all walk up to this lookout that some of us had passed on the way in, that is, before the flooding caused it to close. Once we got to the top, I realised this was the site I'd read about, where an unknown number of soldiers were forced off this cliff. I suddenly had a weird feeling about all of us being up there having a laugh, where so many people had died. Luckily, everyone was ready to leave soon, as it was getting very cold, it being the windiest spot on the island, especially in bad weather. So any weird feelings fell away as we walked back to the dorms. We went on to play pool, air hockey, etc., and I made good friends with a girl who lived on my floor 
but across the way from me. We'll call her Hannah. And one of the guys that lived in the large room on my floor. We'll call him John. We all hung out for a bit before, again, returning to our rooms and going to sleep. Once again, I fell asleep rather quickly and easily, exhausted from the day's hike. And once again, I was awoken by three loud knocks at my door. This time, I flipped over in bed. I grabbed my phone to check the time and, surprise, surprise, 3 a.m. exactly. Quietly, I got out of bed and crept to my door to peer through the peephole. No one was there. I opened my door like I did the night before, and again, it was dark and quiet. No light illuminating under any of the doors that I could see. I shut my door and I went back to bed. In the morning, I asked the people that I'd made friends with if they'd been messing around with me at night. I know it sounded a little crazy when I continued on to say that both nights they'd been knocking at my door at 3am. They both promised that they nor any of their roommates they knew were knocking on my door as a joke. I felt slightly crazy because I knew that it wasn't just building noise. They were clear, distinct knocks. These knocks would continue each night. I eventually got used to them. At the very first knock sound, my eyes would jolt open and I'd spin to the door, just to be greeted with a darkness, leaming beneath the door. Eventually, I stopped looking, knowing nothing would be there, save for the dark hallway. Classes started up and I made more friends and more social plans. The knocks at my door hardly bothered me, and I'd found some protective crystals as I unfinished packing. These gave me a sense of confidence from whatever it was that wished to do me harm hoping it might be deterred. It wasn't until one day that I came back to my dorm and I went to unlock it that I noticed the room door was already unlocked. Which was weird because I always locked my main door and the door to my room from the bathroom was always locked. So I walked in, chastising myself for not locking up. And that's when I noticed that some of the crystals that had been on my desk were no longer there. Most notably, my large chunk of black tourmaline, citrine, amethyst and obsidian necklace. I double-checked the door to the bathroom and that was definitely locked. So if someone had come in it would have had to been through the front door. And I just didn't seriously think that anyone would have done that. I know how that sounds, but honestly, the whole building was pretty cool with each other. We were just asked to borrow something. And it felt odd to me that the only things I had placed for protection 
were the things missing. If this were a human thief, then why not take my expensive brand name headphones, also sitting on the desk? I knew that something was off in this room, but I was genuinely too busy to care. And I do feel these things tend to go away if you ignore them. It's when you feed unseen things with your energy that they seem to stay. I should have also realised that you can open that path more than one way. For instance, maybe opening a door when you don't know what or who is on the other side. Let's have a quick break to talk to you about Policy Genius. Now, we all like to put off life insurance talk because it reminds us of our mortality. But life insurance isn't about death, it's about life. It's about ensuring the lives of those you love remain secure and comfortable. And I'm sure many of you will think, well, I'm covered through work or I'm covered through my bank account. But believe me, you want to check those finer details because you may be surprised what you're actually covered for. And this is exactly where Policy Genius come into their own. Yes, we could talk about how Policy Genius is America's leading online insurance marketplace or how their award-winning agents will walk you step by step through the entire process. But the best thing about Policy Genius for me is they don't have a dog in the fight. They're not going to strong arm you towards one company or another. They've no incentive to do so. Their only incentive is to listen to your needs, scour America's top companies, and find you the best price. For example, with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that begin at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options even offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. There's a reason why Policy Genius has thousands of five star reviews on Google and Trustpilot, and you'll find out what it is when you tick life insurance off your to do list with Policy Genius. So head over to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? 
Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Of course, I tried my best to ignore all the unexplainable instances. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Even as the knocks grew louder, harder, even as things began to be in different places than where I left them. It was a good few weeks later when I woke up early one morning, not because of a knocking on the door, but because of a pain in my side. It felt like there was something hard and cold stabbing me. I reached under my body and pulled out the missing pillar of black tourmaline. Confused, I got out of bed to see all of the missing items were placed on my bed. I was shocked. I checked both doors and they were both locked. I would have woken up if someone had been in my room. I I just knew it. Remember the childhood I mentioned? If someone had even turned the door handle, I would have woken up. How had someone been able to sneak into my room and not only place the items on my bed whilst I slept, how on earth would they get that stone under me? I told my friends what happened with the missing items and how they'd been returned, and I got the feeling they thought I was making it up. I tried my hardest to ignore what was happening around me and not paint myself as the girl making up a ghost story. That's until the night I saw it. One of the girls, my now girlfriend, in my building had gotten some edibles and offered me and my friend some. We agreed and each split a cookie. But let me preface by saying we weren't stoned. We were just a bit goofy and giggly. Earlier in the day, I had my boyfriend over and every time we had a visitor, we had to go and get them signed in. Without an overnight form, visitors needed to leave by 10pm. I guess on his way out the gate, he'd forgotten to check out with security because right as we fell asleep watching our film, a security guard came pounding on my door and yelling for me to open the door. While I was a little hazy from the cookie and my little nap and was confused about what was happening, I looked around the room and... and I swear on my life, I saw a figure in my closet... The closets in the dorms were more of a recessed rectangle 
with some drawers and a single beam to hang things on. There were no doors or anything to cover the area. And as I woke to the yelling of the security guard, my eyes were immediately drawn not to the door he was still pounding on, but on the closet facing the foot of my bed. Because a spindly shadow figure came into view. My eyes could barely make out this form until I got to its head. It had no eyes, no features, but it was the general shape of a human head, if not oddly elongated and unnaturally bent to one side. I let out a small whimper as I felt it staring back at me, and then was quickly snapped out of my staring gaze, realising that my friend was begging me to open the door. As I looked away from her and glanced back to the closet, it was gone. So I went to the door, explained to the now very angry guard that my boyfriend had indeed gone. I opened the door and pointed at my friend. She's a girl who lives across the hall. We're just watching a movie. And he went on his way. My friend asked why I whimpered and I told her that I'd seen something in my closet. I asked her if she'd seen it too, but she hadn't. But she did offer that if I wanted to, I could sleep in her room, because she also didn't have a roommate. I said I would be okay, and it was probably just from the cookie, and there was no reason to be alarmed. That was a lie, of course. I knew what I had seen, and I knew it was no figment of my imagination, because I felt it look at me. Some instincts haven't been lost in our modern world. We can all feel when something is staring a hole clean through us. I knew that I needed to clean the energy of the room, but I didn't know exactly what I was dealing with. So I placed some salt in the corners of the room. I put my fans on full blast to circulate the air and burnt small twigs of rosemary to cleanse the air before sweeping the salt from each corner into the centre of the room. Disposing the used salt in a jar, I sealed the jar with some wax and went to throw it away. Soon after this was our December break, so I was away from the dorm for around a full month. Upon returning to the space, it definitely felt different, stagnant. I no longer woke to knocks at 3am. I felt I'd successfully cleaned the space. That is, of course, before it started lashing out at everyone around me. My boyfriend at the time had an apartment in town, so on weekends I would stay with him and get away from the dorm life. One weekend I just didn't want to go all the way down to his place, so he, instead, said he would come and stay at my dorm. 
It was annoying to fill out all the paperwork, so this wasn't a typical arrangement. We hung out, watched a movie, usual stuff, and then fell asleep. This particular night, my eyes darted open as I heard three slow but loud knocks on my door, and I sat up in bed. I felt more anxious than usual, as the knocks had never been so slow before. Not five seconds after I'd woken to look at the door, my boyfriend woke up gasping for air, grabbing at me and asking me what I'd done. I was confused, but when I looked at him, he was sweating and his eyes were wide with fear. I asked him what was wrong, and he said that he was sleeping, and then suddenly he couldn't breathe, so he tried to readjust himself and couldn't. So he opened his eyes, and something dark and shadowy was on his chest, holding him down. He said it felt like the figure was staring at him, and that if he continued to look, he would literally die. But he also couldn't look away. He said the figure told him to go away before he saw me sit up in bed. Then the figure vanished, and he was finally released from its hold. I felt fear, actual fear, creep into me. Up until this point... I thought it was just me. Anyone I told hadn't really believed me, and I hadn't told my boyfriend about any of this. I figured he wouldn't believe it, and I didn't want to seem crazy, but I hadn't told him of the knocks, or the missing items, or the figure I would sometimes see, sometimes not. And here he was, describing it back to me. But for some reason, I didn't want to scare him. So I told him it was probably a bad dream, because the campus is kind of spooky when you arrive in the dark. But let's just say it was a long while before he came back. My friend John that I mentioned earlier lived with two other boys. One, a very religious boy, and one just generally annoying. Neither of them believed in the paranormal. John started to believe me when only a couple of days after he'd made fun of my boyfriend when I was retelling the encounter, he told me his door had began to open all on its own. Slowly, his door would creak open and then slam shut. His roommates now didn't believe either of us when we said we believed there was something in this building. John, myself, and some of the people within the building started a group chat where we would text each other whenever our doors would move on their own, or things would go missing, or we'd have knocks on the door at night. I think we had about three or so reports in just a few weeks. There was one night that Hannah and I were watching a movie in my room and we both felt a dark presence. 
Nothing exactly happened, but there was a distinct shift in the energy of the room. It went from jovial to fearful in the blink of an eye. We were both suddenly overcome with fear. Not wanting to disturb anything, we called John to come over and open our door and get us from across the hall. I don't know why I felt if someone else entered the equation, this thing would be thrown off enough to let us out of my room. But John's roommates thought us three were being ridiculous, and the annoying one said that he'd bought something from home just in case we started up with our ghost crap yet again. It was a small bird figurine, and when it detected motion, it would chirp. So he decided, in all of his wisdom, that if this thing was as present and as powerful as we'd said it was, then it would come to him if he antagonised it. The religious roommate did not love the idea of taunting evil into the room, but he was also kind of a pushover. I knew it was a bad idea, but it would also be kind of funny if his plan to prove us wrong backfired. And so, he set the bird in his room, facing the door, and we all stood behind the bird so as to not accidentally set it off. To lure the thing, John's roommate started making fun of it, mocking the stories that we'd all told him. At first, nothing happened. Their TV was playing the loading screen music to some video game they'd all been playing, but had paused for our ghost hunt. The first thing Hannah and I noticed is whilst he was mocking the being the video game music stopped. We turned, and the TV was no longer on the loading screen. But had that old-timey, staticky fuzz on the screen. John and his religious roommate turned at our... Oh. Then the lights went out. The roommate that had been berating the being stopped speaking. It was quiet for a small amount of time as all of our eyes fixed on the static screen. It suddenly went back to its loading screen and we all jumped slightly at the noise. But in the background, we all slowly turned to the bird. No one was stood in front of it. But before all of our eyes... The door handle turned, and the door slowly started to open. It creaked, even though it didn't typically creak, and then slowly shut with a small click. The lights flickered back on, and the birds stopped chirping. Needless to say, they stopped thinking I was crazy, and instead started calling me a witch. I got the feeling that this thing didn't want to hurt me, but it didn't like those around me. I tried to regularly cleanse my room 
and myself to keep this entity at bay. But I really didn't understand what it was. Soon after, I started working at a coffee shop and I became really close with one of my co-workers. He told me to refer to him as my Hanai brother, an informal term for adopted family. He was just as interested in the paranormal and spirituality, myth and the general human condition as I was. He taught me about his culture and we would discuss our rituals and the differences between the two. I told him about the entity that seemed to be looming around me and he said he could feel something around me. My brother was really the only person I could talk to about this entity freely because he believed me unabashedly. We both considered ourselves sensitive to these things and he told me that sometimes dark energies are attracted to people like us. I consulted with him on how to rid myself of it as he'd had experiences with this sort of thing. He told me my best shot was to move and take nothing that originated from that place. No dust, no bugs, no plants. I would fully have to cleanse myself and my things of that place just to make sure it did not follow me. Well, the school year was coming to an end and I was planning to move off campus for the next year anyway, so the timing was perfect. I got an apartment with some people from school and told them not to bring anything from the campus with them. A couple of weeks before I moved, I remember feeling a fragile sense of peace. Activity had died down for whatever reason, and I was moving almost directly across the island, into the town. And I knew I was giving up the beautiful scenery and isolation to rid myself of this thing, but I'd also be closer to work. I don't know if it was later that same night or another just like it, but I awoke once more to three slow knocks. However, they were surprisingly quiet knocks. I reached for my phone to check the time, but I couldn't move my arms. I couldn't move any part of my body. As if guided by hands that were unseen and unfelt, my head tilted to face the closet. As my eyes adjusted, I saw my shadow man solidify in the shadows. Once again, even without discernible eyes, I felt it look into my eyes as its head tilted farther and farther to the side. At first, I was gripped with fear as its head moved to such an unnatural angle and then the breath caught in my throat as it took a step towards me. It had never moved towards me, always disappearing moments after we locked eyes. But tonight, it took one spidery step 
towards me after another. As it got closer, it felt like a cold cloud slowly crept up to me and settled in my bones. The shadow man came to the edge of my bed and bent at the waist to put its shadowed face directly above mine before it lay down next to me. Oddly enough, fear left me as it lay down next to me. Even as I felt my body closest to it begin to freeze and shake from the cold, I don't know what it wanted with me, but I think it knew I was leaving, and I had no plans to allow it to follow. It felt like a goodbye of sorts, and for some reason, I almost felt bad for it. I could feel its loneliness. Eventually, God knows how, I fell asleep. When I awoke in the morning, the right side of my body, where it had been closest to, was cold as ice, and my memory foam mattress topper was frozen hard. I did move, and it didn't follow me. I won't say what I did to rid myself of any ties of this entity, because I do believe in the power of the unknown. If it doesn't know what I did, then the chances of it catching up to me are slim. In the months after I moved, I slowly fell out with the friends in university that experienced the occurrences, and I also broke up with my boyfriend after he cheated on me. Part of me now thinks that this thing latched onto me and was set to deter anyone who wished me harm. I'm 24 now, and I haven't felt or seen it since I was 19. There have been other very minor paranormal occurrences over the last couple of years, but nothing relating to my shadow man. Thanks for reading my experience. It was fun going back and finding the old group chats and videos we took to try and prove everything was real. I know this was a long experience, but hopefully you got some chills along the way. There are still times that now living over 2,000 miles away from room 302... I still wake up in the middle of the night and hesitate to focus clearly on the details in the shadows. Sincerely, Sydney. Wow. Thank you, Sydney, for opening season 14 with such an incredible experience. And I, for one, don't blame you in being a bit more precarious around anything to do with shadows. We chose this experience to open season 14 because it has many of what I like to call authenticators within. Things you simply wouldn't create if, say, your whole point was just to have your fictional tale read out on a podcast. So sincerely, Sydney, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for a great start to season 14. And don't forget, guys... We do have these floating spots 
within each season. So, if you have your own true paranormal experience that you think would suit the dark paranormal, email it over. Contact at thedarkparanormal.com So, that wraps up our debut episode of Season 14. A huge thank you to Sydney and a huge thank you to each and every one of you for choosing to spend your time with me here on your show, The Dark Paranormal. For our Patreons, I'll speak to you again on Sunday for another instalment of Dark Bites. And for everyone, remember, when you're discussing the paranormal, always try and leave some of your disbelief at the door. And I'll see you next time, right here on The Dark Paranormal. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.